Hi, and welcome to Save Your Sorry, the podcast where we tell you about the rise and fall of a celebrity. Today is a bonus episode, the second book club episode. Wow. And Katrina has chosen a book for us. For some reason, she chose this book. <laughs> <laughs> what book did you choose? So I chose the book, I Hope They Serve Beer in Hell, written by Tucker Max. I chose this for a few reasons. One, I didn't, I, I mean, when I say that I remember this being like a like a talk about your exploits book, I remember that and I remember it being polarizing, but I did not remember any of the content. So I wanted to pick something that I knew would be at least exciting to read. Two, I wanted to revisit it because in high school, I think I read this like junior, senior year. I really was not, I wouldn't say that I was in love with this book, but this book was entertaining. I thought this was like, oh my gosh, this is so like uh, salacious. Like clutching your pearls. Yes. So I remembered that. I wanted to revisit. And three, we do save your sorry. So I figured if I liked a book like this in the past with, um, my thought processes beginning, but not, you know, who I am as a person, my morals, my values, my character not being fully realized. How would I feel about this book in a new light as a 27? I am, yeah, 27 year old. Yeah. So I wanted uh, basically 10 years. Let's talk about this book. You for the first time. I think you were, you might have remembered me reading it back in the day, but you never read it. And uh, us as adults. So uh, <laughs> you already said, why I chose this book. So let's let's give your general feelings before we dive into it. How did you feel reading this? I felt like I was at the bar on last, on last call <laughs> and there was an annoying guy down the bar shouting his lame-ass stories at me. <laughs> I can the, get that. The one who has to say, oh my God, it was so great. You won't believe this. You won't believe it. And they mm -hmm. tell me this amazing story of how they got laid and got so drunk. They were more drunk than anyone has ever been. Mm -hmm. And I'm just sitting there rolling my eyes. And I actually listened to the audiobook because the author read it. And I don't know if that made it better or worse. It, I was honestly listening to it, just rolling my eyes. That is so funny that you mentioned that. So um, as a teenager, I had the book and I read it uh, full paperback, you know, cover to cover, whatever. But um, like you said, we, we're, we're working adults. So uh, shit has to be condensed. So me as well uh, bought the audio. Well, I got a free trial. Hey, I'm cheap. <laughs> um, I got the free trial of his uh, audio book. So I as well listened and I thought... It did kind of um, add to it in the sense of you really can hear how much of a douchebag he is. Yes. <laughs> you can hear how he loves, to, whether you think this shit is true or not, he loves telling these stories. That's what I got from it. It's like, oh, yeah, I'm proud of this. This isn't my shit. Um, you're not going to hear any backtracking. This is who I am. Yeah, he loves telling the stories. It's very superficial that... Honestly, you can almost change the stories around and nothing really matters. Yeah. So let's, before we dive into the book, let's just, because um, I want to set the scene for when we talk about the book, how drastically different the then and now is. So let's talk about who Tucker Max is now. So Tucker Max now, today, present time, is 47 years old. 
He is married. He has four kids total, two boys and two girls. In fact, his latest girl is like not a newborn, but she like an infant. She's she was she's only months old. He owns a media company. I think it was like uh, it's called Scribe or something like that, that he recently kind of took a backseat in like more of a silent partner. He stepped away from the day to day. He lives in Texas and it seems like he owns a, a fair bit of land, like he owns like a farm or a ranch situation. It looks very big. He has animals and all that type of shit. All right. I did look him up just to see if he was like still alive. And that's all I saw was his farm. Yeah. So. It seems like whatever we say or think about past Tucker, um, he at least somewhat decided to slow his shit down. And and that doesn't mean to to get serious and slow down is to get married and have children. But when you read this book or you hear us talk about this book, you will see like, I would have never thought this motherfucker would ever gotten married or who the fuck would ever want to deal with this permanently. They all do eventually. I've, nobody wants to die alone. No, he still looks like a douche. Oh, 100%. Let's talk about it. I was watching some interviews, and so I feel okay saying this, where it's like, not to be like shallow or rude, but kind to be shallow and rude, especially after I was hearing interviews and, and other people's opinions, is not only with the... You hear... It, he, he tells these stories in big dramatic details involving him getting drunk and picking up women that he didn't start writing down until he was 27 even though they had happened some years previously and one of the reasons you can't believe it is because they are so crazy in detail but also uh no offense you'd be looking at tucker max and you'd be like who is he disrupting who is getting all hot and bothered by this man which he says uh yeah you're right i am not the the most handsome man. I'm not the most good lo- looking guy in my group, but you know, um, I, apparently they were busting it wide open for him. I I had my bar days. At the end of the night, you just go home with whoever. Hey, come on, Jose, talk <laughs> about it. Let's talk about some of his story, or let's uh, yeah, let's talk about a story. Do you want to start, or do you want me to start? Well, I hope you would start. <laughs> I don't have anything written. Oh, you didn't. Oh, duh, Katrina. I forgot. I'm leading this. I talked about the story. <laughs> All right. So then I'll just go in whatever order that I, I felt like capturing the story. So one of the first stories we're going to talk about is Tucker being a kind of a fucked up, disgusting guy and uh, basically ex- exposing his uh, sexual exploits to a whole entire bar, um, I guess, as a way to seem popular to slash payback some guy for cutting him in line so uh he's at a bar he's with this girl who's extremely drunk and uh they go to the bathroom to have sex uh this was in vegas and apparently they have these doors in the bathrooms that were unisex which i had never heard of but who knows i, I haven't been to vegas and i was never in vegas during this point in time so they could have had big ass unisex bathrooms whatever And um, when you turn the lock in the bathroom stall, it frosts the glass. When you unlock it, it unfrosts the glass. I have seen things like that before. Have you seen doors like those? Yeah, I I got the point where he was saying. Okay, so basically they're in there. He realizes that the line for the bathroom is way too long. And if he really wants to have sex with this girl, he's going to have to 
just get her somewhere quick. So he cuts the entire bathroom line to pull the girl in there and have sex. He talks about this one guy, I, I forget, like he has an interaction with the guy going into the stall and basically says, you know, I'll pay you back or I'll make it worth your wild uh, uh -huh. for uh, making me for letting me cut you. And as he's having sex with the girl in the stall, which I still don't understand the um, the mechanics of how where who's facing where, what the glass is doing, but whatever. The point is, is that he starts to unlock the door as he's having sex, which unfrosts the glass. So everybody who was waiting in line previously can now see the girl who is unaware, half naked, getting fucked. Yeah. And, um, and he's starting to up his behavior, you know, slap, choke her, do weird shit or whatever to the delight of more people coming to the front of the door to watch him. I thought it was so weird that he's putting on the show for all these guys waiting outside pretty much. And he doesn't even mention the girl, how the girl's reacting, how the girl's taking it. It's more this homoerotic interaction between him and these men watching him, which... Oh, it's kind of funny. <laughs> yeah, very homoerotic. There's something with, you know, these frat bros that they're so straight that they you yes. know, turn a little corner. It's like a circle. Yes, they, they're so straight, they're gay. Yeah, it's like, here's for my bros, like, watch me fuck. Yes, it is so weird, and that is exactly the, the, the way that that story was framed, because he's like, he even says it, I don't even care what the girl's doing, the girl's got her face turned around, or she, she doesn't even care, she doesn't even know what's happening. Yeah. Put, he's, oh, yeah, he said, he said, I've started putting toilet paper on her. I was just like, what the fuck? The girl's in her own world, and he's putting on a show for these guys. <laughs> yes, you got the whole, like, fucked up, uh, uh, like, uh, you trying to be uh, king of the shitheads, as well as you are actually violating this girl's privacy. Yeah. But, of course, that's not really cared about or mentioned in these types of stories. It's not about that. Sorry. The way he describes these girls, like, all the time, it's just like... The one with the tits, she had nice tits, but another face, so she had a yep. tits face, but she was sloppy drunk, and I knew I had to do it now. Oh, yes. A lot of, um, he doesn't say it, but it sounds like coercion. Like, these, it's a lot of, he he's describing his, these girls as really fucked up, but also tries to describe himself as fucked up, so I guess it contradicts each other. But yeah, yeah it, it doesn't sound good. But the girls are almost broken down to their their physical attributes. The girl with mm -hmm. the big tits, the girl with the ugly face, the girl with the cute face, the fat one. And so much so that I don't even think most of them have a name. He just calls it this girl, that girl. Yeah, 100%. He does not care about these people. Uh, barely any of the girls mentioned in the book had names, except for a couple of his friends, which yeah. I was wondering, how the fuck do you keep actual regular friends who are women? being the type of person you are but we'll talk about that oh side note this is not important but were you because the whole story i don't even remember it was just like a it was just like a hookup story but how pissed were you when you came across the goddamn story where he pissed in the the litter box turned it into cement every story i was pissed off i'm like He's telling these stories, haha, ha, this is so funny. We did this, we pissed here, we threw up here. That might be funny to you, but I know someone else is dealing with that. Some cat is dealing with that, you know? It's, yeah, every... It's, 
It's not funny. It's I'm annoyed. I'm annoyed because I'm picturing that happened to me. Yeah, yeah, it's funny you mentioned that. Literally almost every story of his has collateral damage. People are all dealing with his exploits in the back end. That's yeah, yeah. and you know, I've been a sloppy drunk before and I've never did Boy, it like have you. <laughs> I <laughs> If I made a mess, I tried to clean it up. You know, my drunken state, I tried to clean it up. Like, <laughs> Unfortunately. He just doesn't sound like a good person to me. And it it really aggravated me the whole time. And I'm glad in that story that you just said, he did end up getting caught by the security guard and thrown out. Yes. Oh, the yeah, the uh, sex in the bathroom. Story. Yeah. yeah. Kept unfrosting that glass, unfrosted it to a fucking a security guard to yank his fucking ass out. Which also, this is why, okay, so when I was reading people's thoughts and, you know, some people just say, oh, this is cool, it's a great book. Some people call out the fact that it, it's, it's well written, but is all of this true? Sometimes the way he would describe a story would um, make me uh, doubt the authenticity. For instance, you're in a, a bathroom having sex with a woman. And the security guard bum rushes you, but the girl doesn't notice, and neither does the security guard notice the girl in there as he's trying to get to you. But he has time to explain the fact that, you know, when you got bum rushed, you, you fell into the fucking toilet with your pants down and all this. I, I don't know. It's like his mechanics don't make sense when he describes them in the book, but it gets overlooked because the story is so, like, unbelievable, quote-unquote. I mean, that's every story with a drunk bro you encounter in real yeah, life, so too. Yeah, so I feel like so many of these can't be 100% real, but I think he he popped off in a era of literature where um, if you have a little bit of authenticity, you can get away with uh, fabricating other stuff. I mean, he had, I think he had two more types of books like this. He and did. I don't, I don't think you got. I don't think that's all real. A hundred percent. I can't. I could put. I don't even do that shit. But I could swear on a Bible right now. I know that shit is not all real. I just know for the simple fact that almost in every story he said, "Swear to God, believe it or not, mm -hmm. can you believe it? This actually happened." It's like, yeah. Shut the fuck up. Also, his language in his story is like very fucked up like a very racial undertones using the word ghetto a lot for 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 who i am interpreting to be black people yeah, yeah always in his stories i don't know what the fuck that's about but yeah i definitely noticed that oh yes i wrote down this quote because i said what the fuck did he mean and this was like in response to the right before we head into the restroom stall he was in the club on the dance floor and the quote is he was straight up freaking her sixth grade Negro style. Oh, I I heard that. I was like, uh, yeah, he was talking about a black guy dancing with a girl. and Sixth grade Negro style? Nigga, and what? I remember in his mind in the story, he's like, the girl didn't want to be dancing with that guy. And all him and his friends who happened to be white, like came over and danced with the girl. And it was so much better for her. Like, oh, she gave us a look. I was like, oh my God. Like, I, it was just the language. I was just like, weird. You're yeah. Talking and then about the, the, the black women that you'll never have sex with, calling them ghetto or, 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 or whatever you were calling them. It was just like, bruh, 
I'm I'm okay. I, you don't you don't need to say ghetto every time you talk about black people. Also, definitely. Oh, you're you're. How the fuck did this man, for no apparent reason, I don't care if he was recounting the story or not. How the fuck does this man just say nigger? Because <laughs> <laughs> that was a story later in the book where he's in. Uh, was he in Texas? He was down south, basically, with the whole bunch of rednecks, as he described it. Oh, yes, it was in Texas. He was living in Texas. And one of the guys he's with is telling this story and says, nigger, and uh, Tucker repeats it and says, you can't say that. Use urban if you must. Oh, mm-hmm. now, the, now the ghetto motherfucker is now saying urban, which is still insulting. <laughs> <laughs> he, he probably meant it more like you can't say that. On public. <laughs> I know, but still. And, I, and if I ever believed a white man ever corrected another white man on the N-word, I'd have to see it <laughs> to believe it. <laughs> I don't believe that for a second. We also get like a a, a weird transphobic story. Uh, so Tucker is hanging out or he's trying to, he's basically going to go out with one of his friends. His friend calls him over to come to this club. Turns out it's a gay club. He's partying with the gay guys and his friend who's a woman. And, you know, the guys are all hitting on him according to him and asking him questions and stuff like that. And apparently there was this one guy who really was like coming on to Tucker really strong and really hard. And I'm like, well, I'm glad he got to see how it feels, but not really. Cause he didn't and wake s- up with his ass sore like the mother women do with him. Before you get the rest of it, I was surprised that he was okay with the gay people. Who knows? This man could be a liar. <laughs> like here's Who like, the gay bars have the, are are the best really ones to go cool to. Are you really cool with gay guys if you could just call them fags in your story? Do you agree with that? Uh, it was 2006, though. And that word was popping. Uh-huh. That's what you're saying. <laughs> I can with you. Everyone was saying it. I didn't. Oh, for some reason, that word always was just like... Zwinkies. <laughs> <laughs> just too much for me. Like, I think I've maybe in my whole entire life, like... No, I could have... I don't think I've ever used it as an insult. That'd be crazy. Me calling yeah, somebody I... that... Nah. I don't want to say everyone was saying it, but I do want to say like that was the, the society culture. Yeah, and a lot of these frat bro guys were saying that. Like that was very heavily in their vocabulary. Yeah, we were still in the era of, you know, same sex marriage not being legal. Um, don't ask, don't tell. Like, yeah, we were still in the fucking dark ages. So, yeah, you know who stopped that? that? <laughs> who? Wanda Sykes. Are you talking about that commercial? Yeah, she ended. <laughs> she ended homophobia. Stop. <laughs> where, where it says <laughs> the commercials about um, that's gay, gay. <laughs> and then she's like, "Don't say that." What if I said that's so annoying? Sits in your boy, or whatever she says. I forget the example she gives. Yeah, I I remember what you. <laughs> those commercials day. were very impactful. When those commercials started coming on, I knew the message and I supported the overall message, but I was still like. This is so cringe to the point where I was like, okay, this, because uh, Hillary Duff did one. Um, oh, I can't remember the other celebrities, but when I saw Wanda, I said, no, not Wanda. <laughs> <laughs> not you, Wanda, but I That's got so it. funny because my cringe meter is like so high. Like I cringe at everything and I did not cringe at that one. I was like, you go. 
And I say that all the time, even more. But it's funny. Because that shit's gay. (laughs) (laughs) But, uh, so anyway. (laughs) Sorry about that interlude. Um, so anyway, back to this, uh, gay club night hangout. This dude's really kind of coming on strong to Tucker. Like, have you ever slept with a man? Would you uh, like a man give you a blowjob? Would you, uh... Second other man's dick, all all these questions or whatever. And, and you know, Tucker's saying no, he's not interested in having sex with a man at all or doing anything like that. And I guess the gay man replies like, Well, you probably already slept with a man and you didn't even know it, which I was like, I don't like where this is going. Cause then I started to have flashbacks and remember exactly where the story was going from when I was 17. I and, immediately knew where it was going. Yeah, I was just like, oh, and the language is so fucking poor in here, honestly, uh-huh. with the whole man and all this whole thing. Because they're obviously, once they go down the road of him saying, well, have you ever been to Miami, slept with a woman, did she, basically, basically going down the road of him sleeping with transgendered women. But the gay guy and Tucker, by retelling the story, are referring to them as men. And uh, kind of like men in disguise, like men out to get you and, and trick you. And I'm like, bruh, that's not even what it is. And it was, what was the reasoning all for like asking for lube? Yes, he was like, well, if they had fake tits, you know, they can they can have uh uh breast uh boob jobs, and maybe they didn't get uh, naturally lubricated. Was that the terminology? Terminology because I guess if you have the the surgery. The, the second surgery. I don't even know all the details. It don't even really fucking matter. Because then uh, now Tucker is starting to spiral and think, oh yeah, that stuff has happened to me. I could have slept with somebody who is a quote unquote man, but not really. And all this. Uh, and I was just like, oh, this this language is terrible. This, ter- this did not age well. Um, no. And it just looks... It was a very cringe. I, I just ended up like skipping once I kind of got what they were talking about. Cause it was just like, yeah, this was the story even really needed. No, none of these stories. No, none. Not one single one. And the fact that also in the story we get Tucker's count, which is like the low three digits, which is like, and I know there's a lot of people even to this day who have very high body counts, and we're not ones to shame, but I'm going to do a little shame because when you have triple, and you're not into, and you're not doing sex work. What are you doing? What yeah. the fuck are you doing? That's just hookup culture, I feel like. I think it's just too much. It's why everybody's genitals are falling off. That's true. You gotta I mean, have I, a little discretion. You know, you I ain't when you're like you got 50, 70. I, but when you start heading for world records purposely, I just be like, yeah, I'm, I mean, I'm not saying I'm a judge you, but I'm saying I'm not going to not judge you. Because then it's like, bro, you're just doing a lot. And Tucker, it seems like his mission were to just always uh, fuck women no matter the, no matter what he had to do. If he had to lie to them, screw them over, um, get them drunk, uh, buy them something, pawn, pawn another girl, a girlfriend off on a friend. It, it's just like that. That's what makes it disgusting, I guess, is his context. Body counts are body counts, but the context of the person Tucker is makes it like all the more disgusting. And then we go into 
the fact that Tucker and all his friends are very fat phobic to the point where they they make sure that they tell you and that you know it. It is okay to have a preference. If you don't like a big bitch, you do not have to be with them. You do not have to have sex with them. You do not have to talk to them. But it was just the fact that in the story, him and his friends, whenever they were uh, out on parties, it was like they didn't want to let people down. They wanted to mock them, make them yes. the joke. It's like, if you don't like the girl, if you don't like the weird redneck, if you don't like the X, Y, and Z, dismiss them from your space. Get away from them. But it was like Tucker and his friends, but especially Tucker was like, no, let me make you um, our bitch for the night. Let me make you feel less than. Uh, we're going to uh, see that you're a fat girl and then continuously pawn uh, you off on all three of the friends until you pick whoever you want. And then that one uh, doesn't get to have a good time tonight. Or yeah, that guy kind of, gets to fuck the fat girl and we get to it, tease It kind him. of seems like if there was three girls, three guys, then one of them's going to get the fat girl. And mm -hmm. the way to describe it, I don't think it was a really big girl. I think maybe a healthy weight girl, just considering it, it's 2006. Yeah, we don't fucking know. Yeah, I. And something tells me that if a if if a big bitch like me came up in there, they're not describing her as just fat. They'd be like, "Oh my fucker!" Like it, I feel like these girls that they say are fat, like you say, got a little pudge or something, or a normal maybe weight. some love handles. And they'd be like, oh my God, that fucking Disgusting. slob. <laughs> and what kills me is that they call, they'll call her a fat girl, they'll call her a slob, the, the biggest bitch of the East in the West. But you always hear at the end of the story, they fuck her. Yeah, it's there was crazy. one story. There was one story where one of his friends was super drunk at the strip club and he was talking about oh, should I take her home? Should I take her home? And, you know, mm -hmm. Tucker and the other boys are, like, hyping him up, like, yeah, take her home, take her home, as a yep. joke, because they're like, oh, she's a fatty. And when he wakes up, she's going to realize how fat she was. And it's like, in my mind, I feel like you're trying to use that as excuse. I was so drunk, I didn't know, when in reality, you were just attracted to her, and you didn't want your boys to know. And Yes. Like, at the end of the day, you still slept with her, so it doesn't matter if she's fat or not. Don't try to degrade her now to make you and your mistake look better like oh i wouldn't have done that if you guys didn't say anything and i wasn't so drunk okay, yeah whatever and then we get into one of the worst stories about a woman i've ever met which also showed how terrible tucker was because he chose this woman it's the woman melissa so um he goes down to Miami. I think one of his cousins goes to a college in Miami. Who cares? Who knows? Whatever. So he's down in Miami in his homecoming weekend. And he meets this woman named Melissa at the homecoming game. It was a football one, football homecoming. So Melissa apparently is a special needs teacher. And um, he finds this out after, you know, hanging out with her all night at the game, the after party, whatever, and going to her house. And what stuck, uh, stuck up. What stood out to me is like how eager Tucker was to paint both him and Melissa as terrible fucking people by talking about her occupation of being a special needs teacher and how she essentially um, is a terrible special needs teacher. Very terrible. Like they were both her and Tucker were referring to these special needs children as 
as I hate to say it, but retards. Um, they were talking about, Tucker was asking her questions about things like she does, if they misbehave or if they do certain things. And she was basically saying like, yeah, we don't, like she was basically saying that she ignores them um, sometimes or sometimes she plays games with their minds and says that she did something if it didn't happen or she says it didn't happen if it did happen. Just a whole bunch of fucked up shit that would scar you if you ever had a child that you were worried were gonna was gonna be abused by the school system. Yeah, I hearing that re, hearing that story, I was like, "What's the point of the story? It's not funny to me." I guess. <laughs> what is the I, point? I mean, two thousand six, where we still thinking making fun of people with saying uh, the R word was hilarious. Where, I feel like the R word was still around then. But, yeah, but was it so necessary that we had to have a whole block story cut for it? Because yeah, that's I all it was. Yeah, I don't know. And I think she even said in there, oh, you're not supposed to say that word. So it's already kind but, of like, Yeah, but she was still saying it. Yeah, she was saying it and joking about these children. And it's like, is this so funny making fun of special need children? Mm-hmm. What, what's the point of the story? It, it wasn't funny. And I even tried to like put my douche goggles on and be like, could I see it funny in a different way? And it's like, no, because it, it just wasn't funny. No. There was nothing funny about it. It was like, let's take this moment of not talking about hooking up with people to make fun of the special needs people. Exactly. Like hearing a teacher talk about how she really uses her job to abuse her power and to manipulate these minds. That's literally horrifying. I didn't see, like you said, I didn't see any humor in it. I didn't see any value to the story about you fucking a whole bunch of women either. Like, if, if that was, I would have rather you just talked about how you went to Melissa's house and fucked her all night. To me, though, this is one of the less believable stories. It seems like he, wa- like, it's something he thought of in his mind. And he's like, oh, yeah, if I took her home, she would definitely say this. She would definitely mm. be on my side and joke around about this. Probably. Hmm. I kind of think that all the stories are fake, though. There's a few that are real. Like, the breathalyzer story. Mm-hmm. I I feel like there's aspects of that that are real, where he goes to the bar, has a breathalyzer, and it entertains everyone, like, how high the numbers can go up, and he gets super drunk. Yes, I can like, see that as well, because people like novelty items. I can see that as well, and just how he explains it, like, towards the end of the night, like, people start losing interest in him, and I can see that, too, because drunk people, they're easily entertained, but they're easily forget about you. Mm-hmm. And he's not a hero in that story. He, like, falls in the bushes in his underwear and it's that's the only story that i could find as kind of funny because he's the he gets to be the joke the fool yeah he's the butt of the joke no one else is really affected in that story there's one guy that he's in competition with but he doesn't even like go at him that hard (laughs) and he's not making fun of women he's not making fun of anyone else it's just that is how the book should have been but i mean how many stories can you have of that also, once you get past a certain age, I feel like I was, when I was a teenager, those were the kind of stories I was telling. Like, I was so drunk last night. Oh my God. I drank yes. so many drinks. But once you get like 21 up and you're going to these bars, it's like, I don't think those stories are funny. Or you become like a semi responsible human being. You're starting to think like when people start saying that, you'd be like, bitch, were you all right? Are you okay? You didn't drive, did you? 
Yeah. <laughs> like you start being more concerned because it says more about their habits as a, like their daily life than it does as like a one-off story. Like, bitch, and we got I'm, jobs. I'm all for people going through the party phase. I think everyone should between like 21 to 24, like party all you want. You're only young once. Mm -hmm. But I mean, at this point, he was like 28 in the book. It's like, shut up. Shut up. Yeah. So um, I thought I was going to talk about the whole summer associates program, but it honestly, it doesn't matter. If you want a brief recap, <laughs> look at it. it. It was in my head. So my, my mind said it. Uh, my mind said it. My mouth said it. Um, he was a he basically went to law school. Uh, Tucker Max was a lawyer. He doesn't practice law anymore, um, but he was in the summer associates program once I guess he graduated from law school where they get paid a certain amount uh, every week. And he was bullshitting. He was not known as the party boy. Um, everybody had a good time. He would talk about his exploits to different people, write long distance emails to his friends. And because I guess people liked him and he was a regular old bro, he kind of got away with it up until there was this party and there was this associate of the firm who wanted to have sex with him. I don't know if Tucker didn't get, uh, he didn't get the hint or he was trying to ignore it. Uh, either way, they didn't sleep together. But after his email went around talking about that, this particular night, this particular charity event and all that, uh, it got back to the big bosses and he ends up getting into a meeting where he is basically told, hey, uh, because of this email going around your overall behavior that is known around the building you need to either resign and we will get you uh basically a severance package or you you're going to be fired because he's semi-smart he he uh he resigns so he can get the the severance package and then he starts to ask around or somebody offers him like a nugget of advice of why he was really it basically comes out that if the big associate the older woman if they would have slept together, he would have basically been invincible at that law firm, firm basically, because if the relationship between him and the older woman turned awry, he could have sued the firm because she's a superior. And then if it would have been a good relationship, she could have showed favoritism to him because that's her boy toy. So that's the summer associate thing. I didn't think it's that important. So I just wanted to skip over it. Yeah, it wasn't that important. And the Thing that I mostly took from there was like privilege. Were that too. <laughs> but um he starts talking about he's writing complaints or fake emails or something, and they start going viral. And I felt like most of that story was just a humble brag of I'm writing these stories, people are loving them. Yeah. They went around the world. That email went around the world. It's still going around if you look for it. Yeah, and the whole I got fired because we were going to sleep together because she wanted me so bad. It was bound to happen. So mm -hmm. they had to get rid of me. And it's like, I don't know. Like <laughs> he, he says like all these other reasons he could have been fired. And I think I, I'm pretty sure it's probably one of those buddy. Yeah. Um, I also, I do like the fact that he is very aware of like what people are going to think about him reading these stories or um, what it kind of, or what his karma could be. 
because he says, I forget in what exact part and what exact chapter, but he says like, people are going to say that I hope he has daughters and they date guys like uh, him or his karma, karma will be that he has like four daughters and they're all whores or stuff like that. Yeah. Like he, or he says like he's, he realizes that he's not the good guy. He is a bad guy who acts like a douchebag. So even though I don't really care for Tucker Max and his stories, I do like those little tidbits in the book where he is saying like, yeah, I get it. I'm an asshole. Yeah. I'm terrible. Yeah. My karma could be bad, but yeah. I also think this was during a time where people thought being an asshole was like a good personality trait. Like, Yes. Oh, I'm such an asshole. I'm such a horrible person, which it's gone away now. Because He's so holding, cool. Yeah, we're holding more people accountable. But back then, it was, I'm an asshole. No one can do anything about it. I say stuff that gets people riled up, and they just have to deal with it. And, I mean, it's still around, especially, like, with the conservatives. But it's it's just annoying. It's I'm going to say this, and it's going to hurt your feelings, and... Cry about it, snowflake. Mm-hmm. So uh, let's talk about a couple of small things, and then we'll talk about one of the bigger uh, stories to close it out. Okay, because I'm wondering if you to bring up the story I'm thinking of. We're talking about we're talking about the H O T E L, right? Yes. <laughs> yeah, that's that's what we're gonna close it out on. Okay. So let's talk about the smaller things. So he has this little part where he talks about this girl named Steph who he draws out as a really insecure girl and uh, says like he basically just played with her, their whole quote unquote like relationship, which I get, only guess lasted a few weeks where he would, she was very insecure. So she liked to, I guess, sleep with a lot of men to build up her confidence and stuff like that. And he says like he would call her over, she would come over, they would hook up. And then eventually he just stopped calling her. He just ghosted her. Even though I'm not one for like, hurtful payback if nobody hurts you but you know at this point i'm just reading a story so uh steph ends up playing the long con of eventually getting into a public confrontation with him where he twists things around she brings a friend he calls her fat and ugly whatever whatever who cares but the long con of saying that she has chlamydia and that he needs to get tested Mm. And so this ends up with Tucker being like, oh, shit. So he goes and gets tested. Well, he goes to the clinic so he can get tested. And he finds out how you get tested for chlamydia when you are a man, which is that they apparently stick a metal, a metal stick, which I don't think is the correct medical terminology. But he said it was a metal stick in your urethra, urethra, which is your penis hole, if you don't. Know. Yes. Thank you. And so uh, at first he was like, oh, hell no. But then, you know, he's scared because you, if you got chlamydia, you got to get treated for it. So he goes through with it and then finds out months later after he sees some of Steph's friends at a bar and he tries to hit on them because that's where his mind goes when he sees uh, ex's friends or whatever. And they start laughing at him. He finds out that that was all a ruse to pay him back because she has a friend who is a nurse who basically told Steph, this is how you get that motherfucker back. So I Yeah, she even that. falsified tests of hers. Yes, yes, because the smart thing is, is that people would ask for proof. And so he got the proof, but it was not really her results. They did some configuring, even back in the day, that I, I am very proud of them for. <laughs> and just to also paint a picture of how Tucker is, mm -hmm. 
he's the type of guy, he even says in there, and I was like, oh my God, he's like such a meme now that where he tries to do a girl, she rejects him. He's like, oh, you're a whore, you're fat. And it's like, yeah, <laughs> really, you're, you're like the original fun boy who's doing this yeah. stupid shit. Of, you would just try and get this girl, you get rejected, and now you're calling her a whore or fat or ugly or whatever. Yes, he doesn't ever get rejected by uh, somebody and says, okay. <laughs> it's always like, oh, well, to get back at her, I found somebody else or I did her friend or I just got drunk or it's like, yeah. He can't handle it. He can't handle rejection. No. Then we have the night where um, apparently him and his date were so, dr- well, he was so drunk uh, after picking up this girl and taking her to his apartment that he ended up pissing in the bed. And uh, the only reason he got away with it is because he woke up before her and framed her as pissing his bed. (laughs) I could not believe that story. I was so pissed, whether it was real or not, I was pissed that this girl in the story did not wake up while he's moving her. I'm like, oh, this bitch didn't move up. She didn't, she didn't, she didn't hear the rustle. But man, and she really believed it. I couldn't, I would be so upset if I read a book years later and found out that dude really did piss on himself and I took the blame. And let's see, let's see. Uh, okay, yeah, we're, we're almost at an hour. We can just do the, the hotel story. All right, so, and then let's close it out with, uh, I think also just taking a peek at his Instagram and seeing that his son drew the events of the story. I think it's still one of his most popular stories, the hotel lobby story, AKA a shitty story. Literally. Literally. So as most of Tucker's um, stories start, um, he's hanging out with his friends at an undisclosed or disclosed city, uh, drinking, partying, X, Y, and Z. Or what was it? Embassy Suites, I think. Embassy. Uh, they checked into that hotel. I don't exactly remember the events, but they're back at the hotel after their night. And the uh, friend he's with is in the bathroom when he wakes up and Tucker has to shit. So mm-hmm. uh, and he doesn't have on his pants, right? He's only in boxers. Well, the way I remember is they get home from the strip club. They go to the hotel. Tucker has to shit, but his friend runs to the bathroom before him. Oh, okay. He didn't wake up. Okay, that's what happened. Okay. Yeah, and Tucker was in his boxers because he took off his pants to get, like, ready for bed, but he had to shit. Yes. Okay, you're right. Okay, now we're back. Okay, so that's what happened. Uh, then his friend comes out the toilet. He Tucker runs into the bathroom, uh, realizes his friend had apparently done unredeemable damage to the toilet to the point where Tucker could not use it, and I did not like that my brain went to exactly how bad did you have to fuck up a toilet where you can't go in after it said it's overflowing shit water but even still like it should have a plunger y'all don't know how to plunge (laughs) like it 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 must have been terrible so tucker has to go to the lobby so he goes down to the lobby um running (laughs) because uh the shit's upon him as 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 we say the gopher is in the hole basically at the front desk they uh tell him where the the bathroom is which is way across the lobby uh by the time he gets started he forgets what side of across the lobby it is and goes to the wrong end and uh goes inside of a closet 
where there is a, a Hispanic woman who is a, a worker who I think she he said he was she was a housekeeper. There was a bucket in there. So he had thought about basically like moving, moving around there and like shitting in the bucket, which no offense. When you really have to shit, I think that that would have been the better option. Yeah, him having to shit is a totally understandable thing. Like especially diarrhea. Like he has to go. He has only boxers in. If it's about to come out, it should come out in a mop bucket or a, a spare bucket than anywhere else. But he said he decided not to do that. So then he takes the steps to run out the the, the uh, supply closet to the bathroom. And as he is like halfway there and he's running his ass off, he is feeling everything literally come out. And he says it's going everywhere. He's <laughs> uh, The shit's coming out so fast as well as he is running that he is feeling the flicks of the diarrhea in like uh. his like hair, socks, like the back of his feet and everything. Runs into the bathroom. Uh, Chuck's... <laughs> He said he chucks his boxers off and they make like a sound of splat or something and go somewhere. And long story short, fucks up the bathroom, fucks up one stall to the point where he then takes his shit covered self to another stall and, 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 and blows that out the water. And then comes out of the stalls, sees his shit stained boxers in front of the mirror or in a sink that have that has basically smeared everywhere trying to gather uh, he tried to clean himself up as best as he could gather his stuff and leave and then what was it he comes out to the scene in the lobby and apparently there was shit everywhere like a shit hurricane he said it got like on the walls it got on the furniture like plants upholstery it was everywhere and when he came out to stall there was a poor housekeeper there and there was shit on her white shoes Oh, she was waiting. I thought she was waiting in the lobby. She was waiting for him in the bathroom. I Damn. believe so. But the thing that pissed me off about that story is Tell it. the accent he gave her, like retelling that he used a horrible Mexican accent. Yeah, a he stereotypical had a one. In his audiobooks, he was trying to do accents when he was talking about different regions, and I was just like, get a give it a rest. Yeah, stop. And it was like Speedy Gonzalez, the one he put on. <laughs> And then, just how he's explaining it, like, well, they have to clean up my shit. I'm going to bed. I'm not dealing with it. Yeah. She's in tears, and he's just like, well, that's the way love goes. Feels so much better. And I I do think the story is over-exaggerated. I do think he probably shit himself, but there's no way, like, three toilets got clogged and, like, shut up. Like, with every story, there's all, all these over-exaggerations. Mm-hmm. I get you, yeah. But, yeah, that one really pissed me off. Just the... He kept calling her the Mexican housekeeper and making mm-hmm. fun of her accent. And it's like... She was just some another funny thing in his story, and not, if she even existed. And her having to clean it was like, ha-ha, so funny. Yeah. Like, could you imagine? It's late at night. You know when things get darker, they let most of the staff go. So you have to assume that at least that part of the story is accurate, where there's only this one housekeeper for the rest of the night. The lobby is pretty much shut down until the morning. And her boss slash her objective is to keep everything clean until she gets off. So she has no fucking choice, but she has to clean this up. No matter where it happened if it was just in the lobby or you just shit splattered the bathroom 
and to not even care offer any assistance is like yeah he he's probably a little fucked up so how much help can he be but it's just also like so indicative of who he is like he wouldn't even want to if he wasn't indisposed yeah a normal person would be mortified that or apologetic happen yeah and if he would have just framed it differently, it could have been maybe a funny story to me, but just his whole douchebag asshole attitude about it, it was like, it just pissed me off. And honestly, I did not finish the book. Yeah. I can see that. How far did you get? Um, It's hard to say because I was reading actual book. Then I switched to audio book so I can do like it really fast. Uh-huh. I mean, I have an hour 53 minutes. Left. All left of the whole book. Uh-huh. Okay, so in essence, when you get to the end of the book, it's just a lot more, it's like he has an overarching theme and then there's a lot more short stories. So the last one was like blow job, blow, blow and job follies. And then the other one, like it's just telling like uh, quick stories about like a whole bunch of blow jobs he had. And yeah, see, I, yeah. I could keep up with this episode without reading the book because it, without reading all the book because it's it's pointless it's the book's stupid mm-hmm. i do not recommend it zero stars yeah i would say if you are not um in this if you're not in your party boy frat era if you it's labeled as frat tire which i thought was a beautiful thing to call it i guess that's a dumbass name this so yeah that's what you like <laughs> But yeah, if you're not one of those types of people, if this is not, if you don't enjoy a whole bunch of salaciousness and and half slash non-consent of, you know, women and fat phobic, transphobic, a whole bunch of phobic shit, then um, I don't think you should read this book. I think if it you're was a nice human being, it. I think you're like this book is what you're trying to say. Yeah, if this is what you like <laughs> to do to women, if this is how you get down, then that this is the book for you. But I also don't think that the people who listen to us are, I mean, there's got to be a few bad apples. <laughs> no, not our listeners. But, um, you guys yeah. are all beautiful and wonderful. I think it was a good book to revisit 10 years later to see how not interesting and how unfunny that stuff is when you are an adult and you are grown and you understand that you don't have to be a complete asshole to people. As a teenager, were you like laughing at this? Were you like, oh my God? I don't think I, hmm. I don't, I couldn't say I laughed because I don't, even rereading it, like you said, you 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 put on, you go back in time and see, hmm, could I have found this funny? I don't think I found it funny. I thought I found it interest entertaining. It was just like, this man is really in this book calling these motherfuckers ugly bitches and still fucking them. And not getting arrested or getting uh, hemmed up in nothing. You know, I, I used to love when motherfuckers did not have to pay for the consequences of their actions. Oh, you villain era. <laughs> so it was just so crazy to me to have this book in my hand where this is uh, touted as reality. This is supposed to be true stories. And like nothing happened to this man except for he got a book deal. And when I had found out it turned into a movie, I was just like, it was kind of like fascinating. Like this one man was doing this and he was allowed and he's on the New York bestseller list. And yeah, it was just one of those things. It was just like when I used to like the, the, my Zane era, the fan fiction, like it was just so like, 
it was a new world for me. Uh, I was interested by the words in the universes, in the canon, the not canon, and all that type of stuff. So, yeah. And then you just kind of, as time goes by, you kind of grow out of it or your taste change or you find other interests. And I definitely don't think the, these types of books are entertaining like that. They're more of a, like a study for me now. Yeah, so, I can see that. This was the uh, book choice, though. I'm kind of I'm glad I did it. You know, I could put this to bed. I don't ever have to read it or hear about it again. But. It's funny to see this man at 27 and know that now he is 47 on a ranch with his kids and shit. But, you know, 20 years ago, he was calling people whores and sluts and, you know, fucking them in bathrooms. <laughs> I Yeah, I I would love uh, a reaction video of his children reading the book. Oh, 100%. <laughs> in fact, if I ever find their P.O. box, I'm going <laughs> to wait till each of the children turn 18 to ship them a book. Yeah, but and he, he can't he had, like, hide four that. Other books. I feel like he has to tell his kids. Like, oh, he, he has the, to be open. I bet he brags about it. Okay, listen. I, let's hope he hasn't. He's he's changed a little bit. You said his son drew a picture of. Oh yeah, he, it was a picture of him shitting in the lobby. It was like, uh, it was like a picture of Tucker. I think like pants and poop in a big old building. Okay, so then he's definitely telling people. Well. The shit story has to be told around the world every Thanksgiving. It's just one of those stories. Oh, by the way, at the end of that story, he's apparently uh, been banned forever from all, like, embassy, regency, Sheraton, whatever hotel chain that was. Uh-huh. Which I was happy about that. But, yeah, so any last thoughts on uh, Tucker Max, who we are actually sure is not his name in real life? It's not his name. I don't know, but don't that sound like a fake-ass name? It just sounds like a white person. That, name, that man's name is James. Ad. A lot of people do not have the last name Max naturally, and you cannot dissuade me. Uh, maybe it's his middle name. We'll go with that. Tucker. Or maybe it's Max Tucker. Don't do a, don't do a little <laughs> pop at the end on that. Oh, okay. Well, if you're done with that, I do want to announce my pick for next month's book. General, please. <laughs> my pick for next month is by Diane Guerrero, most famously known for like Jade the Virgin, Encanto, and Orange is the New Block. She played Maritza. Oh my gosh. And her book is called In the Country We Love. Okay. I gotta buy it. Ugh. Yeah. It's from what I've heard, I haven't read it yet, it is about when she was a child, her parents and family being deported, and she was left here. Okay, sounds like something I can get into. I will say, I will say, I stopped watching Orange is New Black. I still don't really know what happened to most of the people. I, I, I pretty much know what happened to the one person I still cared about. But what I will say is one of the last episodes I watched was the last episode Maritza was in because that shit baroque me. That was a very sad episode. I was so pissed and so upset. So yeah. Um uh, uh definitely on the count of three, say your favorite character. Okay, ready? I feel like I know you here's <laughs> Who do you think I... mine is? No, we're, we're no, saying count of three. Okay, anyway, let's do count of three, okay. One, One, 
two, two three. Take v. me. I knew you was gonna say <laughs> me. I knew you was gonna say I, me. Uh, she was you just were, perfect. You were on V when she appeared. <laughs> What was it? Say the say the rose. That bitch. You know, I still say that to this day. Oh my <laughs> at, gosh. At the end of the day, what is it? The bitch. Oh. You're a garden rose and the bitch is a weed. That bitch is just a weed. Ah, I love saying that anytime someone has like, you know, beef with someone, I always tell them that as a little little motivational speech. She was the thing is, I didn't like her, but her villain arc, the arc of her, I mean, she did it perfectly. She she did that shit. V did that shit. She did that. It made me love that actress. I see her, you know, pop up here and there. I'm like, I love her. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I knew you was going to say V. <laughs> so sad. Orange and New Black could have been great. But anyway, great. I will put that on my list and... Make sure y'all put it on y'all's. Read with us so you can... Make sure... What? <laughs> I was just, you know, make sure... I was like, I was hyping you up. I was your background. Oh, okay. Was... <laughs> I'm sorry, hype man. You made me choke. <laughs> All right, yeah. So everybody put it on your list uh, so that when we come out with the next bonus book club episode next month, you guys know what we're talking about. Or if you rather wait and see... Wait till next month and then make sure you grab that book and then make oh. sure you listen. And if you have any questions about this book or next or the next book that you want us to discuss or talking points, email those in. Send us to us on our Instagram. Let us know. Ah, yes. Instagram, Twitter, save sorry at gmail.com. And I had a point. <laughs> I, for, I forget what it was. <laughs> but gonna... thank you guys. If you if you remember, cut it in and edit it in later. Uh, I'm just gonna leave that like that. Oh, but damn. thank you guys so much for listening. Let us know if you like this book or if you hated this book. Yes. If you if you read this book, if not, if you didn't read this book, would you read it by how we discussed it? <laughs> Hopefully not. Hopefully not. Thank you guys so much for listening. Your number one book club. Bye. See ya.